It's only an hour. I could have gone. Drew Robinson got called up to the majors a week later and hit a home run, I think, in his very first at bat. I don't know why I went where I did. My apologies to Drew. It's actually become a strangely inspirational story of him realizing a mistake and seeking help and making it back to baseball. I think he's retired now, but uh, yeah, my apologies for the, uh, I was going to say stray fired at Drew Robinson, but that would have not been good to say. Mm, Cause he did that to himself. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Tough not scene there. Super hole, BK. My, my apologies to everybody. No, not a good start for you this week. That's all right. We'll bounce back. And if Jeff plans on sending the video of me taking BP at the dish to all of our potential advertisers, then this company will fail in <laughs> two months because it was not pretty. Once the camera went on me, I lost it. Was there a lot of swings and misses? Is that what you're saying? No swings and misses, okay. but there's a foul or two. She can't have that in BP. Uh, and uh, yeah, weren't as many line drives as I would have liked. I mean, I, I jumped into a batting cage last year for the first time in, I don't know, like 15 years. If you're not doing that regularly, it's not going to look good. No, and I think I had Zeke throwing to me too. Like I got a legendary pitcher throwing BP to me. How am I supposed to hit that shit? That guy's won a World Series before. Okay? Yeah, what's up, Troy? Bad start for me today. You and I are going to be in touch soon. Hmm. Because of because of your bad start or because of something else? No, something else. Remember, um, Troy is the guy who was the drone racer who came into the studio for the old radio show. Yeah. He and and uh, he I think he did some stuff for Hornbash too, maybe. Well, he and I uh reconnected over the weekend. So we're gonna get together to talk to see uh one to catch up, but two to see if uh there's maybe a way for uh for us to help one another out because he started his own company and they're just freaking crushing it right now sweet yeah gonna get a conversation with him on these airwaves at some point but uh yeah we're also gonna talk we both live out here in the avery ranch cedar park area so we're gonna get together to discuss that his company is quad standard labs by the way for anybody who is interested they sell drones themselves and i think they do some freelance work too in terms of uh shooting for people there you go love that All right, where do we want to start today? The news has dropped within the last hour that Adonai Mitchell is reportedly headed to the NFL. Now, he has not made his own official announcement, but our own Chip Brown, who you'll be able to hear and see from 1 to 3 right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered, uh, broke the news a little bit ago that uh, A.D. Mitchell is taking his talents to the next level. We could talk about that. We could talk about some of the other Texas football news. We could talk about the NFL. We could talk about Texas basketball crapping the bed in its conference opener. We'll hit all of those stories today and tomorrow, but Trey, I'll give you the option of uh, where we begin a Monday show. I'm glad the Texas basketball team is allowing me to care as little as possible about college basketball this year. It's a sport that Kevin and I, Kevin was first on this many, many years ago, and I am certainly on it now. It's a sport that is just a shell of itself. So outside of Texas hoops, I don't care a whole lot. And now I just am being forced not to care a whole lot about Texas hoops. I actually had some optimism that this could be a decent team this year. But I say all of that to say we don't need to start by talking Texas hoops because that's just a waste of a lot of people's time. Let's talk about what people care about most on this channel, BK. That would be the Texas football team and the latest round of guys who have 
made a decision on their future. Three names in particular from over the weekend, and then, of course, AD earlier today. You can't say what you said and not let me ask a follow-up question. Okay. Are you are you done? Are you giving up on Texas basketball this year? No, I'm not giving up, but I will be completely honest with you. I don't have easy access to LHN, so I haven't been, been able to watch most of their games this year. So mm. I've watched a handful of games, including the game on Saturday. I was flipping back and forth between the uh, the Texans-Colts game and then the Texas game, and I got to watch, keep it on the Texas game, I guess, through halftime, and then watch the end while flipping it back to the third quarter of that contest. So we can certainly get to that here in a little bit. So I've only watched the Louisville game, which was a win, the UConn game, which was an L, the Marquette game, which was an L, and there was something going on to where I didn't get to uh, check out the LSU game. So right now, the games that I've watched closely this year for Texas Hoops, they're one and three. It may be better off that I'm not tuning into these games the rest of the year. I'm still going to because I like Texas basketball as much as any college basketball program, of course. But I'm very inspired by what I've seen in those contests against decent competition. Give yourself some credit. They're two and two. They did beat LSU. I, uh, I didn't see the LSU game. I only saw Marquette, UConn, Texas Tech, and Louisville. I didn't. Oh, Texas Tech was the fourth game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, then stop watching. I'll I'll do the watching <laughs> for this show then, because yeah, all three of the losses that Texas basketball has this year are games that you have uh, watched on your television. Look, dude, you you and a lot of other people, you. We all understood why Rodney Terry got the job at the end of last season. Texas had made it to a point that they hadn't in a long time. He did a great job of riding the ship with the, the fucked up shit that happened with Chris Beard midway through the year. Rodney Terry seems like a really good leader of men. I've actually enjoyed his in-game coaching, at least last season I did. But the big question was, is can he construct a roster like is necessary to be successful in college basketball in this current era. And there are a lot of new faces on this team and guys, some guys that you're excited about. There's some carryovers, of course, guys like uh, Hunter and Dylan DeSue, of course, who was hurt for the start of this season, but uh, it, it doesn't seem like it's coming together so far like it needs to. Now they just played their very first conference game and what is a pretty good conference. So they're going to have plenty of other opportunities to prove themselves over the next two months, but I feel like everybody who was, who was exhibiting a sort of cautious optimism and, and was still very much in wait-and-see mode, you're starting to see some things play out that people were concerned about with Rodney Terry taking over on a full-time basis here. Yeah, this team's 11-3. and three. Uh, They're still ranked in the new AP poll. They are ranked number 25, so they just stayed in after the loss on Saturday, but a discouraging start. To conference play for sure. And it's a relatively easy start to Big 12 play for the Longhorns this season. They've got four unranked teams to begin Big 12 play. So you're thinking, all right, well, let's go 4-0 here or at worst 3-1 and before our schedule really picks up towards the end of the month. And instead, you lose a game at home where you were a six and a half point favorite to a team that you didn't lose to Kansas or Houston. Like you lost to a middle of the pack Big 12 team with a first-year head coach. And, oh, by the way, you lost by double digits. So, discouraging. Uh, I'll be patient. I've made my thoughts on the Rodney Terry hire very known at this point, but I will give him a chance. And it's one conference game, and this team is still 11-3, and and they've got a ton to play for the rest of the way. But, uh, yeah, disheartening start for this team in 2024. It just feels like 
they haven't won any of the games this year that are either truly toss-ups or maybe they are a little bit of a dog in. Dude, Lenardi, I mean, he's not doing bracketology every day like he does when we get to late February and early March, but his bracketology from last week had Texas as a last four team in, which leads you to believe after the loss on Saturday that like if selection Sunday was this Sunday, it's not, of course, uh, Texas wouldn't be in. Like To go from a two seed, that made it all the way to the Elite Eight to maybe missing the tournament altogether. I don't think there's any realistic scenario that would cause RT to lose his job after one year. No. But if this team misses the tournament, there, I mean, hell, there are already people asking questions after Saturday. If this team misses the tournament altogether, then you talk about do or die, like next year, that, you know, the guy who replaced Chris Beard and Lubbock made it a year and a half. And that guy was a huge piece of shit. And he got fired not only because his team sucked, he also was using like old Bible quotes talking about slavery to his players. And he was also uh, banging his dead brother's wife. Mm. So, you know, Rodney Terry's not doing that. You can at least feel good that you've got a good guy running the program. But maybe important to note that the guy who replaced Beard at his last stop, who wasn't qualified for the job, who got it because he was a part of Chris Beard's staff, made it a year and a half. Uh, I don't know how long of a leash CDC will have if things go awry, but I hope this is a waste of time. I'm being patient. I'm giving this thing a chance, and I hope uh, we can look back at this Tech game and laugh because Texas ends up as one of the best teams in the Big 12. Look at that. We ended up starting with college basketball, even though I tried to say that we weren't. That's my fault. All right, let's go to college football now. That's enough enough Texas basketball. Longhorns back in action tomorrow, by the way, at Cincinnati. Uh, Please win. Uh, we'll go backwards then. We'll go without an I Mitchell before we talk about some of the other players who made their decisions over the weekend for Texas football. Um, this one shouldn't surprise anybody. I know Texas fans were hopeful, right? Like the longer a guy takes to make a decision like this, the more and more hope and optimism that you have that he might make the decision that you're hoping he makes. But uh, we're talking about a guy who put together a tremendous season. We're talking about a guy who could be a first round pick. At worst, he'll be a second round pick in April's NFL draft, a guy who's put a bunch of skins on the wall, both at Georgia and at Texas in his college football career. This seemingly makes sense. He would have loved to have had A.D. Mitchell back for another year. That goes without saying, but uh, no surprise that he's gone. And the top three wide receivers now have made it official that they are all leaving. So that wide receiver room is going to look very different next season. And when you throw JT Sanders in, it's your top four targets from the 2023 season. But here's the good news. I guess if you can consider any of this good news, this was all expected. So there was already a contingency plan being made. Like you could look at Ryan Watts announcing that he was going pro and say, that's a little bit of a surprise. That was one that we thought might happen, but there was a chance, especially if you would consider playing safety that he could be back here next year. Those four guys leaving was what was the likely outcome even a month or two ago when a lot of these guys were showing up in the first rounds of mock drafts with Jordan Whittington just being out of eligibility, of course. So these Texas coaches have already started making those plans, a combination of guys who are currently on the roster, guys who will be coming in as true freshmen, and then guys like Matthew Golden, the former Houston Cougars wide receiver who looks to come in and really take over that Xavier Worthy role in 2024 and perhaps beyond so uh, it sucks to lose talent especially when they have eligibility but that's the name of the game in college football and the sign of a healthy roster and the ability to 
be successful from year to year versus having a season like what Steve Sarkeesian and this football program just went through is not a flash in the pan is roster management and being able to anticipate uh, the moves, both good and bad. And they're doing a good job of that right now to where, well, I'm bummed that these guys are leaving. You know, we don't get to watch them in a Longhorn uniform again, and especially not getting to watch them in a Longhorn uniform one more time tonight because of how last week's outcome went. Uh, these coaches are making sure that there's not going to be a significant drop-off next season. The biggest question right now, BK, with regards to what this passing attack looks like next year is what Quinn Ewers ultimately decides to do. If yeah. Quinn Ewers decides to go pro, which seems unlikely right now, that's going to be the one that feels like more of a gut punch than any of these other wide receivers or JT Sanders, the tight ends. Yeah, they're all big losses, but you just got to replenish and reload, right? You can't rebuild anymore. We spent 15 years rebuilding this program. Well, now it's built. Now you've got to reload. That's what Alabama does. That's what Georgia does. That's what Ohio State does. And that's obviously where Texas is trying to be. Right? Those have been the most consistent programs in this sport. Think about it. Like Ohio State, I'll go to the wide receiver position. Now, like three years ago, they had Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigba in the same wide receiver room. All right. Well, they lost all those guys. What do they do? They reload. They get Marvin Harrison Jr. They get Emeka Abuka. They're going to lose those guys. Well, they're going to reload. Like that's that's how it goes. That's the sign of a healthy program. If you're losing guys to the NFL, that means you're doing things right. And Texas clearly did a lot of things right. They won the Big 12. They played in the college football playoff this season. So, uh, yeah, you've got to reload. This sucks. You know, wide receivers, pass catchers in general are more important now than they've ever been in the history of football. So losing any of these guys would hurt. Losing all of these guys really hurts. But you trust that Steve Sarkeesian and his coaching staff knows what it's doing. Jontae Cook was a five-star last year. DeAndre Moore, Ryan Niblett, highly touted recruits last year. Obviously, you brought Ryan Wingo in this year. You mentioned Matthew Golden as a transfer. I wouldn't be surprised if Texas is in the market for another transfer wide receiver as well. So they have more proven experience in that wide receiver room for Chris Jackson in 2024. Yeah, it's a sign of a healthy program. Those guys are going to be missed. They are a lot to be replaced. But if Texas does this thing right, you shouldn't see too much of a drop-off from the passing game. And you're right. If you get Quinn Ewers back, you should still feel like this can be one of the more effective passing offenses in college football next season. Yeah. As far as Ryan Watts is concerned, the news came out last week that whether or not he played college football in 24, it wouldn't be at Texas. So I guess it's not too surprising that he's going to try his hands at the NFL draft. My advice to Ryan Watts is if the idea of coming back to Texas to play safety was that big of a turnoff, you'd better uh, open up to the idea a little bit more at the NFL level. Cause I don't know how much of a future he has at cornerback. Like he may start out there. It's just a matter of uh, the length of his career. If he remains at cornerback at the NFL, but whatever team drafts him is going to insist they start to take reps at safety. I'm guessing. Yeah, you would think, right. He's probably not going to get a whole hell of a lot faster and speed was kind of his issue. I mean, he, He's a physical guy, and I think there's a, a place for him on an NFL roster. But, uh, yeah, at times he looked slow going up against college receivers. You don't need me to tell you that uh, NFL receivers are bigger, faster, stronger than uh, what Ryan Watts saw on Saturday. So uh, I hate that his Texas career ended the way that it did. Yeah. We touched on this last week, and I know you don't want to talk about the game anymore, but like he, he fell victim to Michael Penix Jr. and Roma Dunze being amazing 
last right. Monday. Like he was in position and everyone's like, oh, he didn't turn his head around. Like sometimes the other guys are just really freaking good. Yep. And Washington has those two guys who are really freaking good. Uh, so I hate that, like, there are Texas fans who think, oh, Ryan Watts sucks. He blew it against Washington. Like, no, nah, he had a solid Texas career. Went perfect. I'm not telling you that he's Nathan Vasher or Quentin Jammer on the outside. But, uh, no, nah, he he uh, he did some things at Texas. Happy he was here. He helped this team a lot this season. And uh, we wish him the best of luck. But nothing that's happened has surprised me to this point. Like, I think Jaron Thompson hitting the portal surprised some folks. That – you know, with all that Texas is bringing in there and with the way Jaron Thompson's season went for the Longhorns, like him wanting a fresh start, that might have been a mutual decision. Or like the Texas coaching staff is like, hmm? Or maybe Jaron Thompson just saw the writing on the wall himself and he's like, ah, something's not clicking with me and Terry Joseph and me and Blake Gideon and I got to go somewhere else to try to salvage my NFL career because that guy got worse this year. So even him, like... Him deciding to go somewhere else, not a huge shock. There really hasn't been anything that's happened at this point that has uh, caught me off guard when it comes to decisions about guys leaving or staying. Yeah, David says, Ewers losing all of his targets. The odds of him splitting are going up. David, I've said that for a few months now, that if there is any one thing that may sway Quinn Ewers a little bit more, it is that he is losing all those guys. But he could also look at it like this. One, it's a deep quarterback class in this year's draft. And two, he can prove to a lot of NFL scouts that as good as his receivers were this year, he was as if not more important than any of them and being the straw that stirs the drink that is the Texas passing attack. So I could see that one going either way, but I, you certainly understand, especially with Quinn, uh, excuse me, Xavier Worthy uh, being a guy that he has thrown the football to a lot over two years, how he may be a little bit reluctant to want to return to have to reestablish that rapport with those wide receivers. But Quinn Ewers, he's a competitor. He's not mm -hmm. afraid of a challenge like that. And if he thinks he's better off sticking around to Texas for one more year, NIL's money certainly helps with that. I think if NIL weren't there, Quinn Ewers would be gone. With NIL, a possibility to help out. On top of him really looking and seeing what this year's quarterback class looks like versus next year's, I think ultimately we do see Quinn Ewers return to Texas uh, when an announcement is made over the next week or so. Yep. He's got a week to make that decision. January 15th is deadline day for guys to declare for the NFL draft. Uh, you can hit us up on the code text line, by the way, 512-222-9328. Yeah, I think it makes sense for Quinn to come back because right now I think he's a mid to late day two draft pick. If he comes back, has a great year in the SEC. And look, there are some Heisman odds out there that have him as the favorite to win the Heisman next season. So not just burnt orange Kool-Aid drinkers who think there's a chance that Ewers can come back and have a great 2024. If he does that, he'll be a surefire first-round pick next season. So that right there could be uh, enough incentive for Quinn to return for one last ride in Austin. What about Baron Sorrell and Jake Majors? Both of those guys took to social media to announce that they were coming back for another year. Oh, I hadn't seen Baron Sorrell. That's good. I know we had uh, heard rumblings that he might decide to turn pro. I think this is a smart decision for him to really be more of the guy next year. Well, also I think needing another year in college before he's truly ready for the NFL. And that's no slight on Baron Sorrell, but I think he made the right decision here. Jake Majors, I didn't realize he had another year of eligibility. So it's cool that he is coming back too. You want as much continuity, especially on the lines of scrimmage, and maybe even more the offensive line, the defensive line, as you can get 
So it looks like right now, Texas is, what, they're only losing one guy off of this year's offensive line. for A, a group that struggled for a long time within this program, really from the, uh, the mid-aughts all the way up until these last couple of years with Sark and Flood coming in and really riding that ship. That is uh, an excellent piece of news with regards to this offense not missing a beat next season. Yeah, Christian Jones, that one guy who's gone, and you feel like you have a guy ready to take over in Cam Williams at that right tackle spot next year, and uh, hopefully he can be that dude. But they've recruited well on the offensive line and, and built that thing into something pretty special. So uh, everyone's got an extra year of eligibility, Trey. Those are the rules in college football now. I mean, Alan Bowman's going back to school for another year. Everybody can go back for another year. Is this the last year that guys can claim the COVID year? Like, I'm, I don't even know what to do with that anymore. They said this year, like this current season that ends tonight was the last year, but it appears that that was not the case. Well, Texas benefits, so cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I like that Sorrell's coming back. To me, there wasn't much of a decision to yeah. be made here. Like he, he, I don't know if he would have been drafted. So like he would have made, he would have gotten an invite to camp, but for him to come back, he puts together a really good year in the sec. Then yeah, I think he could be a second or third round pick. Like if everything clicks, but right now he's maybe a six, maybe a sixth or a seventh. I don't even, you know, if he, he'd have to have a good combine. If he got invited to the combine, he'd have to have a good combine to, uh, to do that. So uh, I'm glad he's coming back. Cause this edge room is going to be good. Bucky and I were talking about this this morning. Right. I mean, you've got uh, Ethan Burke coming back. You've got Baron Sorrell coming back. You've got Anthony Hill coming back. We'll obviously see where he plays next year. But of course, Trey Moore and his 14 and a half sacks from UTSA is coming in. Colin Simmons, the five star from Duncanville is coming in. Uh, Colton Vosick still here. Like you've got plenty of guys on the edge. That was a hit or miss position for Texas this year. Uh, that that could be and should be one of Texas's best position groups on the football team in 2024 that's the hope it's slowly been getting better and it feels like it is about to be healthy along the lines of that interior line starting next season yeah both interior and exterior i think uh texas should be set up for success and you need that we saw how important that was this year it gets even more important in the sec uh okay let's give some love to some sponsors here before we shift gears and talk some NFL, we've got plenty of NFL to get into after the uh, wild final weekend of the regular season. Trey, how about a word for the uh, chair that you're sitting in today? Relax the back, folks. I have been a customer at Relax the Back for nearly, nearly 20 years now. It started with all of the uh, massage tools that uh, I started acquiring years ago from Relax the Back to deal with my old man back, even in my 20s. It was a bummer to have to come to terms with at the time. Thankfully, there was a place like Relax the Back to help out. All these years later, yeah, I'm getting furniture from Relax the Back too. They're that damn good with things. I will eventually get that stand-up desk Never Bucky hooks me up with this guy in B-Cave. Uh, but in the meantime, I've got this uh, awesome Relax the Back chair that was won at a mullet open a couple years ago. My brother charged me a couple hundred bucks for it after he won it. 
best 100, 200 bucks that I've spent. It's got lower lumbar support, uh, really easy to adjust as well, not only in terms of up and down or getting that lumbar up and down, but also leaning back too. When I'm not on the air, when I'm not on camera, I kick back, put my feet up on the desk here and uh, get work done with the laptop in my lap. That's because of this awesome, relax the back chair. Find out for yourself. You can see all the products that they offer at Relax the Back and find the location nearest you here in Central Texas by going to their website, relaxtheback.com. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Relax the Back. Shout out to our friends at Covert Bee Cave as well. The Covert Auto Group, been in business here in the Austin area since 1909. Covert Bee Cave, their newest dealership off of 71. I say dealership. They actually have three state-of-the-art dealerships out there featuring seven different brands so if you're in the market for a newer pre-owned car, truck, or SUV, go see them. Plus, they've got service out there, too. 86 service bays. So if something's wrong with your car or you just need regular maintenance done, uh, they'll take care of you. And they know you don't want to wait for hours to get your car worked on. Once again, 86 service bays. They'll get you in. They will get you out and on your way. Go to their website, covertbcave.com, for more information. More importantly, go out and see all of our friends out there. It's covert B cave. Nobody beats that covert deal. Not now, not ever. Trey, get your uh, maracas ready. It's time to hear from Tom. Hi, McKay. this is Tom McKay, owner of Audiovisual Consultations, and we'd like to take a moment to thank all of our clients for making the last 25 years both fun and fruitful. For those of you who have not experienced our services yet, we'd like to invite you to give us a try for all of your home electronics needs. We take care of everything from surround sound home theaters and distributed audio to computer networks, home surveillance systems, to a new television in the living room or bedroom. And we come to you. There's no need to leave your home to find great pricing and incomparable service. No traffic, inexperienced sales geeks, or pushy showroom tactics. Just give us a call and we'll visit you at your home or business to take a look at what you really need. Just relax, hug your kids, and smile. We make your electronics and life simpler to manage. So give us a call and discover what over 7,000 families and businesses already have. Audiovisual consultations is the easiest, most complete way to enjoy today's electronics. Call us at 512-255-8678. That's 512-255-8678. Or online at abconsultations.com. Yeah. No uh, make love to your wife from Tom in that one. And now whose wife am I supposed to make love to? I don't I don't know what to do anymore. It's a very mellow read from him. Uh, the, the person that you're supposed to make love to, well, find, a, find another somebody's wife. <laughs> I need his advice, though. He's got to tell me to make love to your wife. Like, that's, that's what I hear. Make love to yourself, perhaps, in the meantime, mm. while you're waiting for his next piece of advice on who to make love to. <laughs> Is that going to be in his next read? Hug your kids, make love to yourself, and call us. Maybe make love to yourself before you hug your kids. So that's not mm. in your he head as you're making love to yourself. I don't know. I, I offer parental advice on this channel from time to time. There's a piece of advice right there. If you're going to make love to yourself, just do it before you make love to your kids. So things don't get weird. Oh, don't make love to your kids. You meant hug your kids. Ah, shit. Now I've, <laughs> God <laughs> damn, I've been stuck in the show today. All yeah. freaking show. I try and be cute with it, and I end up making a verbal faux pas like that. Hmm. Make love to yourself before you make love to your kids. There is... Make love Not to Brad Kellner. Before you hug your kids. Make love to yourself before you hug your kids. That's what I meant. Clean up in between, please. Uh, not Brad Kellner's parental advice of the day. That's Trey Elling's parental advice. 
Put like an hour plus in between when you make love to yourself and when you hug your kids, please. Like an uh, hour at least. At least. At least. At least. All right. NFL. What a weekend for the two Texas teams who both got wins and both won their divisions in the process. The Texans needed a win on Saturday night and they needed some help yesterday. They got it. Texans 23, Colts 19. The Texans defense with a massive fourth down stand. Really, the Colts with a massive fourth down drop on that final drive of the game. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars call up Reggie Miller, an all-time choke job. They start eight and three. They drop five of their last six, finish the year nine and eight. They lose to the Titans yesterday, and they miss the playoffs altogether. But because they lost, the Texans end up winning the AFC South in the first year of D'Amico Ryans in the first year of C.J. Stroud. What a tremendous season for the Texans, and it continues into the playoffs. Really happy for that franchise and their fans. That's a cool story. You felt good about the hire, and I know there were some questions about C.J. Stroud, but the Texans clearly had a game plan in place with drafting C.J. Stroud like they did, also moving up to get Will Anderson. And both guys have exceeded expectations in year one and seem like cornerstones for their respective side of the ball. And the proof is in the pudding, at least in their very first year with the Texans, not just finishing above 500, but to win that division again, in part because Jacksonville stumbled so badly down the stretch. You know, Trevor Lawrence was hurt for part of that. Christian Kirk missing uh, the last chunk of the season with the injury he suffered several weeks ago was a pretty big boon to them. But Jacksonville also were losing games, even with some of those things that they had no business losing that loss to the Titans yesterday. I don't know what, if, and when Doug Peterson is eventually fired from Jacksonville, I'm not saying it's going to be this off season when he is eventually fired though, that's going to be one of those games that they point back to where it's just like, you, I mean, you had it made. You had a lame duck Titans team. They were starting Ryan Tannehill one more freaking time. Derrick Henry looked like Derrick Henry of old, but he has been far from that throughout much of 2023. All you had to do was win that game, and you were in the postseason once again, and you couldn't do that. Damn sure. They kept turning it over, and Trevor Lawrence dealing with that air conditioner injury, clearly not 100%. He was underthrowing guys. He was overthrowing guys. It was a disaster of epic proportion by Jacksonville yesterday, but – Yeah, for the Texans, I mean, you're right. They might have the offensive player of the year. They do have the offensive player of the year. C.J. Stroud's probably winning that unanimously. They might have the defensive player of the year with Will Anderson, and they should have the coach of the year. I don't think they do. I think the coach of the year is going to be Kevin Stefanski, who, funny enough, the Texans will see this weekend in the first round of the playoffs. But to me, D'Amico Ryans is easily the coach of the year in the NFL. The Texans won 11 games combined in the last three seasons. They've been the laughing stock of the league. And they won 10 and won their division this year. And that's one of the least talented rosters in football. And for D'Amico to do what he did this season, remarkable turnaround. It feels like the future is bright as hell for the Texans. Because once again, this is just year one for most of their key players. And they had a ton of injuries this year, too. For them to get to this spot, remarkable. Uh, Nobody... Nobody did better. Like, people were picking the Browns to win the division this year. I know Deshaun got hurt. I know Nick Chubb got hurt. Not taken away from what Stefanski did. Deserves a lot of credit up there. Nobody did a better coaching job than D'Amico Ryans this season. Yeah, you may very well be right about that. I will say this, though, about the game on Saturday night. Indianapolis, they blew that game. They had a chance to go down and take a lead in that game, but they got way too cute at the end there. 
they called a very unnecessary timeout, even though they needed to go for it on fourth down. I, I mean, I guess you give yourself some more time to come up with a play. And to their credit, I guess for that timeout, they did come up with a play and just couldn't execute when it was all said and done. But that's not to say that C.J. Stroud wouldn't have been able to lead the Texans back down the field for what would have been a game-winning field goal or potential game-winning field goal. But Indianapolis also handed that game away at the end, too. Yeah, everyone's mad at Shane Steichen for that fourth down play call because, you know, the ball was thrown to, like, a third-string running back, and it's like, well, your season's on the line. It's fourth down. Why are you doing that? It was it was a perfect play. The guy just has yeah. to catch that. Like, if you're mad at the coach for drawing that up, what are you what are you doing here? Well, I would also argue that it doesn't even take a perfect play in that situation if you keep that the first of three timeouts because you still have the ability to get the ball back relatively quickly if you don't convert there. But as soon as they use that timeout, it was like, all right, here we go. You have to get this right here. The game is effectively over. And sure enough, that's what happened. The Texans, uh, they run the ball like they should have the first three downs. They have the punter run out of the back of the end zone for the safety and Colts didn't have much of a chance to return that safety punt or what needed to be a game-winning touchdown, the final play of the game. And I'm still waiting for the announcement from the Texans on a date where they will erect a statue for Lovey Smith <laughs> for yeah. winning that meaningless Week 18 game last year that cost the Texans Bryce Young. And it turned out to be the best gift. I, mean, I, I did radio in Houston all last offseason. That was all we talked about was how much Lovey Smith effed over the organization by winning that game and how much the Texans blew it by trying to win that game. Blessing in disguise. And Houston football fans deserve it because they've been through some rough shit over the last few years. Including a return of people wearing old school Oilers stuff all over the place. And that, that now that's being thrown in your face on a weekly basis, many of which are actually Titans fans. Fuck you, Titans fans. <laughs> Get your own old school apparel, you motherfuckers. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Texans-Browns, early thoughts. We'll obviously talk more about that game and the rest of the wild card games later in the week. The Browns, the only road favorites yeah. this weekend. These two teams played right before Christmas. C.J. Stroud did not play. The Browns, exactly. beat the, I mean, it was 36-20, to 20, I think, but at one point it was 36-7. to 7. The game was never close, but no C.J. Stroud that time. He makes a big difference. Cleveland's defense is ridiculous, and for whatever reason, Joe Flacco has been worth a shit again in Cleveland, despite the fact that, what, the last five years that he was playing in the NFL when he would start games, it was embarrassing. I know they have decent weapons on offense. Amari Cooper, boy, I, look, I know the Cowboys are good again. That was a, a really dumb deal by them in the moment, but certainly in retrospect. I, I'm not going to be surprised to see the Texans win this game, despite the fact that they are underdogs at home. I think Tex the Texans have a lot of momentum right now, and they've shown the ability to step up to the challenge a lot of times this year. People yeah. are going to point to that first matchup, but they need to make mention that C.J. Stroud did not play in that game. That was a Davis Mills, or wait, was that a Case Keenum game? Regardless, no. it wasn't C.J. Stroud in there, and I think that was a game after they had lost Tank Dell, too, and Nico Collins may not have been playing in that game either. That was a seriously hindered Texans offense that day. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are going to be facing a different team this coming weekend. Uh, they are still really good, like I said, especially defensively. So it's a tough task for the Texans, but I'm uh, I'm really excited to get to watch this one play out to see what the Texans are made of this season. 
And that's the first game of Super Wild Card Weekend, Saturday afternoon. The Cowboys will play Sunday afternoon. They took care of their business. They needed a win in Washington to win the division and get the two seed. A little dicey at first, a little sluggish start. Washington led 10-7 to at one point in the second quarter. Then the Cowboys uh, turned it on, scored the last 31 points of the ball game, and cruised to an easy victory. Part of the story is the Cowboys winning the East. Congrats to you guys for doing that, BK. You are a Cowboys fan. It's a big step forward for y'all to get home field advantage for the first couple rounds of the playoffs. The only team that you may be on the road for is San Francisco. And boy, talk about tough tasks. That is going to be a tough task for you guys. But you feel good about your ability to potentially make it to the NFC Championship game because you were able to come from behind to win that two seed. It felt like Philly was in the driver's seat. And talk about a team that has completely fallen apart over the last month plus now. Philadelphia is likely going to be a first round out in these NFL playoffs, despite the fact that they play a pretty mediocre Tampa Bay team in the first round on Monday night. I know people are excited that there's a third day of NFL playoff football. I wish they would have just put all of these games three and three Saturday, Sunday, but instead we get a Monday night football game and it's a shit game too. So that's one that you typically either put in the beginning or just shoehorn into the middle of a good three-game slate or a good two-game slate, I should say. But yeah, Philadelphia is in a bad way right now. A.J. Brown's likely not going to play on Monday night. Jalen Hurts is going to be injured. I'm not sure what Devontae Smith's status is. He obviously didn't play yesterday either. And that Philly defense is complete dog shit now, too. So that's exactly. like scary on top of this successful end of the season for the Cowboys is, is – the Philadelphia Eagles are crashing hard. Yeah, they were 10-1. and one. They had the best record in football into December, and they lost five of their last six, and their only win was a nail-biter against the Giants, who they just got boat-raised by yesterday. Yeah. So it's a disaster, man. Like, the, the Bucks might win that game. I think everyone was just assuming that, you know, whoever gets the five seed between the Cowboys and the Eagles is going to go on the road and beat the NFC South champ because that division's been so bad. But Philly only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Tampa's won five of their last six to get here. I know they didn't play great. They didn't score a touchdown offensively against Carolina yesterday, but obviously they did enough to win the division. Uh, like, I, just betting on Philly right now feels, feels tough. Uh, defensively, they've really been bad all year, and it's finally catching up to yeah. them. But offensively, yeah, injuries, but also just they are not the same right now. So uh, I love it. I love it. I'm really enjoying watching the demise of the Philadelphia Eagles, and I will be pulling for Tampa Bay on Monday. Considering their history in the postseason, are you worried at all that the Cowboys are squaring off with Green Bay in the first round? Dude, the Cowboys could be playing Austin High, and I'd be worried because it's a playoff <laughs> game. Like that's That's where I'm at right now. Like Dallas should – beat Green Bay, and they're seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Green Bay's been a great story. Amazing that they're here, considering uh, what they lost and just how they're – this is the youngest team in the NFL. Like, it's impressive that they're here. They have invested less money into their offense than any team in football, and that offense has actually been their best part and why they're in the playoffs right now. Uh, and, yeah, I know the Packers-Cowboys history, but uh, I, I should not be worried about this game, but because it's the Cowboys in the playoffs, yeah, I am – scared shitless and what makes me feel even worse about this game trey i've got a wedding on sunday wedding on sunday what because it's uh dr martin luther the king weekend okay a holiday weekend so i guess that's why they went with the uh sunday 
bit. Mm. But yeah, I'll be on the left coast in San Francisco. So I'll be taking plenty of outdoor shits, which is exciting. <laughs> um, so it's 1.30 out there. It's 3.30 Central Time, 1.30 out there. I think the reception starts like 4.35. So I might be off the hook, but I also might be sweating out a fourth quarter of a Cowboys playoff game at a wedding in which I will probably be recreating the Allstate Mayhem commercial. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that that's not going to help ease my nerves on this game, the fact that I've got to get ready for and then attend a wedding while it's going on. So are you going to be in San Francisco proper or like the wine country? I think uh, proper San Francisco. I, good luck with all that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been looking into doing some more heroin. That's one of my New Year's resolutions. So I feel like this is a good way to start. More heroin? Yeah, there, there are a lot of things that you're not used to doing that you can get involved with in San Francisco. Yeah, it's been a few years since I've been, and I can't imagine it's gotten any better over the last few years since I've been. Well, considering that Chinese President Xi Jinping doesn't have any plans to visit this coming weekend, yes, I'm sure it has returned to its usual state, which is uh, feces-infested, uh, hobos all over the place, although hobos is being too kind to the San Francisco homeless. There are a bunch of lazy fucking bums there <laughs> who are uh, just looking to break into cars Steal mm. people's shit. Our guys are hobos here in Austin, but they're bums out there in SF. I don't know. I guess it depends on the hobo. Hobo implies a level of work, though. I was corrected about this when we were in New Orleans last weekend. Yeah. Can't call all bums hobos because hobos have a work ethic. Bums uh, are, are the the lazy mofos who are just laying around, just hitting people up for money on street corners with a handmade sign that's usually telling some sort of lie. Mm. Bums. Underrated insult, calling somebody a bum. I like that one. Yeah, I don't know. I like San Francisco, but there's I, all, a lot of that to deal with. I used to, and then unfortunately the uh, the lawmakers there and the leaders there just let it just fall into complete disrepair. And mm. the deeper you allow that hole to be dug, the harder it is to get out of it. It's why it was so important a few years ago when Austin, progressive Austin, the ballot was passed thanks to the effort of Matt Makoviak and some others to uh, to get enough signatures on a petition to allow voters to decide whether we could just allow our hobos and bums to uh, put down shop, put down tents, put down sleeping bags, and sleep wherever the fuck they want to. Now, a version of that has started to crop back up again, but the progressive Austin voted to uh, return things to the normal ways, which is a homeless camping ban. Yeah, so it's up to the city to uh, to continue enforcing that, which they have slacked off on. I feel like over the last six plus months or so. But Austin was heading down the road of a San Francisco or a Portland or a Seattle, and guess what? People in those places are sick of how terrible things have gotten too. It's just uh, some people in Austin had common enough sense to let the voters decide. Unfortunately, they made the right decision. Indeed, indeed, indeed. How you feeling about Cowboys Packers? I mean, I. I'm worried because, once again, Cowboys in January, but you as uh, an unbiased watcher of football, any reason for the Cowboys and Cowboys fans to be nervous this weekend? Green Bay has been a weird team this year. Jordan Love has shown signs that he can be the guy going forward, but ultimately I think Dallas is playing so well right now, and 
how good they are at home this year. I'm I'm not too concerned for you guys. It would be a pretty big shock if Green Bay were to come into Arlington next weekend and win that game. It'd be Mike McCarthy's last game if that were to happen. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I, some Cowboys fans, myself included, feel like McCarthy's got to get to the NFC Championship game to keep his job because this is his third straight year of winning 12 games. This team's been great in the regular season. Uh, one year... They won a playoff game. That was last year. And then they lost in the second round. Two years ago, they lost their first playoff game. Both of those were to San Francisco, of course. Uh, the next step feels like get to the NFC Championship game. The Cowboys haven't been there since they last won the Super Bowl. They've got to get that monkey off their back. Obviously, they want to get to and win the Super Bowl. That's everyone's goal when you make it to the postseason. But, God, just please, please get to the NFC title game. Not a lot of shame in losing at San Francisco. Like, that, that team's awesome. Um, that's a successful year if you make it to the Final Four. And all right, well, you got beat by uh, maybe the Super Bowl favorites in their house in a conference title game. Can't call that a bad year. But anything short of that, you're the two seed right now. You're going to be favored to win these two playoff games, assuming you get two. Anything uh, short of getting a third, let down. I'm excited at the possibility of Detroit and Dallas playing again in short order, assuming that Detroit can get past the L.A. Rams. Boy, some really interesting storylines with regards to these First round matchups and previous histories. Obviously, Mike McCarthy has a history with the Green Bay Packers. These two franchises have a history with one another as well. The fact that uh, the Lions and Goff are uh, going to be playing against the Rams and Stafford, I think is a really cool storyline too. But I'm looking forward to that second round matchup if it does end up being Cowboys and Lions. Yeah, could be fun. First one was fun. Lions tried to cheat at the end. Refs got the call right. No controversy there. I don't know why people are still talking about that. Uh, a couple of texts to get to on the code of text line before we hit where are we at in society. Here are the dog says CPS is at the door. I think that has to do with uh, your comments from earlier. Uh, a two five four number says trade. Don't be on the Epstein list, buddy. Five one two number says San Francisco is fine. Oakland is effed. Oh, look, it is all relative, and Oakland is more fucked than San Francisco. San Francisco is fucked too. I think I'm flying into Oakland, too. What's that? I think I'm flying into Oakland. Yeah, look, as long as you're just flying in there and you're getting in an Uber and driving to your hotel on the other side of the bridge, then you should be okay. And there are a few okay areas in Oakland, but you need to be careful wherever you're walking around in those two cities. But that is even more so the case in Oakland. In San Francisco, there are touristy areas and you're walking around and all of a sudden you cross the street and it's like a freaking movie where... The sun no longer is shining on the streets. Everything feels dark. All of a sudden, you're seeing people in doorways, either sleeping or masturbating or looking to throw something at you. And then you get through that block and cross another street, and it's sunny again. And it's another touristy area. And you just have to have your head on a swivel, much like the city that we were just in with uh, New Orleans. Of course, you got a, you got a decent primer on, uh, on dealing with the homeless, in San Francisco with our experience in New Orleans and uh, especially with our friend Bucky Godbolt making the very poor decision to go give away some uh, some promo Texas sports unfiltered shirts to the New Orleans homeless and nearly getting us all killed in the process. I think I'm going to Seattle in a couple of months too. Like I guess my New Year's resolution was to go to every homeless tent city in the country because I'm, I'm checking all the boxes off right now. Yeah, just get to L.A. and Portland and you have the quadfecta taken care of on the West Coast. Amazing. All right. Quick shout out to Altstadt Beer, the best beer in the world. The only beer I drink. It's the only beer you should drink. If you're drinking something else, you're wasting your time. 
Uh, Alt Stat beer available wherever you buy your beer. H-E-B Specs, Twin Liquors, Total Wine, wherever you go. When I'm not drinking Alt Stat, I'm drinking Olipop. I've got a couple of cans in the fridge. I should have got one before the show. Instead, I'll drink one after the show. Uh, great tasting soda that's actually good for you. So if a New Year's resolution of yours is to treat your body a little better, Alt Stat beer is cleaner than most of the other beers out there. Olipop, way better for you than any soda that you could possibly drink. It's the good stuff right there. Trey, you want to go live or recorded for Pest Wranglers today? Let's go recorded with our buddy Steve, a.k.a. Cooter and Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite pest control. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers, 512-670-7808 or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com. Where are we at in society today? Thank you so much to Pest Wranglers for their sponsorship of our daily look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism as us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. But sadly, today is not that day. Real quick, by the way, on the subject of the NFL, since we were just talking about that, BK, Thank you to the Cowboys, Bills, and one other team who I'm not recalling right now for helping me to regain a lead or gain a lead in our short season football picks bets. I am now up two games on you after you took a very temporary one-game lead on me. I faded myself and it didn't work. We had three (laughs) different picks and I missed all three of them. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we should have uh, been even this week. I faded myself because I haven't known anything about football all season long. And now I'm back, baby. Now that I know I know how football works, I'm trusting myself. I'm coming back and you're in trouble. So just brace yourself for that. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> who else talks shit after an O for weekend? Nobody. That's who. But I, I still will. But to your point, if you had uh, just gone with your normal picks, then I would have gotten... We would still we would have tied this week because I got the other three games wrong. Therefore, you did as well. All right, here we go. Yeah. Headline. Ooh, let's play a uh, an impromptu edition of Guess That State. State. Nude man nabbed by police after cannonball plunge into giant aquarium at Bass Pro Shop in blank. Guess oh, eight. I saw this, but I didn't see where it happened. I just saw the video of this. Oh, shit. Is there a video? I don't even have the video in this AP article. Oh, it's fantastic. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. And I'll drop an NSFW disclaimer. Even though it's kind of far away, so you, you can't see uh, a lot, but you can tell the guy is definitely nude. Let me see. I can find it here. Oh, boy. Uh, well, this is great content, isn't it? Let me go ahead and share <laughs> the details of this story as you're looking for the video. You have okay. a guess for the state, by the way, and don't look at the YouTube comments line because Orlando just ruined it. Okay, well, I'm looking at Twitter right now trying to find this video, which that also might lead me to the state. Um, do I have a guess on the state? 
Bass Pro Shops. Those are everywhere, so that yeah. doesn't eliminate anything. You wouldn't ask me if it was a Florida man story. Sure. Uh, I don't know. This this feels South like. Yeah. Mm, I'll go with Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. I've, no, it's it's Alabama. You were very close. I feel like uh, you may have accidentally seen the answer, and you tried to play the game honestly. So I, 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 I promise I've not seen the answer, but uh, I appreciate you appreciating me almost being right. <laughs> All right, here's the details. Hopefully, we do have a video that uh, follows this as well. So a man crashed his car outside a Bass Pro Shop in Alabama stripped down to his birthday suit and plunged into the giant aquarium inside the store. The ordeal happened Thursday, and this would have been last week. So it would have happened last Thursday in front of a shocked group of shoppers in the town just outside of Birmingham. This is in Leeds, Alabama. The 42-year-old man did a cannonball leap into the aquarium and then stood under a waterfall. He left the water to yell at two officers, then dove back into the aquarium. The man eventually climbed over the side of the aquarium and fell to the concrete floor below. Police then apprehended him. He faces several charges, including public lewdness, I'll say disorderly conduct, and criminal mischief. The man was in the water for about five minutes before officers arrived. All right, we're going to need a follow-up tomorrow because apparently the wife has commented on... What happened? I thought the wife's comments would be in the story. They're not. Plus, we typically have to record these things ourselves to get them, or at least on my end, to play the audio on our channel. So, yeah, the uh, we, we will have the wife's comments tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. That is, uh, that was pretty. Boy, the, the, I saw a video where the guy actually jumped in. This video just has uh, him in the aquarium tank. Must have been cold in there. <laughs> I guess I guess he was in the pool, right? That's the Costanza excuse. I was in the pool. I, look, that's legit, okay? It's a real thing. Shrinkage is real, absolutely. But that thing literally shrunk, like, inside of him. He does even, like he has a vagina right there. I'm, I'm yeah, not going to lie. Not an ideal look. For oh, this here story. it is. I got, I got the video. Let me stop your screen share, and I'll get... I'll get the uh, the plunge here. Okay. Uh, the actual cannonball into the yeah. tank. This guy crashed his he crashed his car outside, and then his like solution to solving that problem was to just bang. All right, here we go. Oh, he yells too. Oh, and then he dove. Oh, he oh, multiple jumps into this pool. <laughs> I think he's blowing that out. Nobody needs to see his hand right now. Can you hear that audio? I'm muting the audio because you talking over the audio is not good. So I just muted your share screen. Okay. So now oh, people can, can hear you. We can maybe play the wife's comments too. If you If you haven't pulled up. Let me see. Pro Shop Aquarium wife. All right, here we go. Oh, nice. Whoa, she's kind of attractive for a guy who did that. All right, here we go. I'm going to shut up now. Um, 
Today, we took the kids to Bass Pro Shops so they could get their picture made with January Susanna. And um, while we were there, um, my husband decided to get into the swimming pool. And it is a swimming pool. Aquariums have tops on them. If you don't want us to get in it, you put a top on it or else it's a swimming pool. It's Apparently, somebody took a video of it and put it online. And I have been seeing some nasty nasty comments and i just have to say if you're at bass pro shop and you see a grown man take off all his clothes and get butt ass naked in the swimming pool you need to mind your business if you're looking at his penis you're a pervert and you should be looking at god's penis because yes god is a man and yes he does eat meat <laughs> in our house we like to say he might not have the biggest part but he does have the biggest heart no. his earthly penis might be small but his spiritual penis the one he'll have when he gets to heaven is massive. <laughs> and it's always inside. And if anybody from Bass Pro Shop is watching this right now, I just want to say we should get our January 6th Santa photos for free. <laughs> okay, that was a bit, but that was funny. <laughs> awesome bit. That was yeah. a bit, but that was funny. Sensational. Oh, Are you kidding yeah. me? That's Who is this? I need to give her a follow because she she is she has earned a follow from me. I don't follow many people these days. That's follow that me. Might be follow you back, Blair Erskine. She gets it. Oh, she's a writer for Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel Live. That's a shocker because that show's not that funny. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was spectacular. That's that's the funniest thing a woman's ever said. I think. Sensational. Good job by her. Oh man. Wow. Good bit. Good bit. The spiritual penis is huge. The January 6th thing was, well, all of that is just tremendous, tremendous comedy. What a story. Way to go, Alabama. Thank you for giving us that one. Hmm. All right. It's going to do it for where we at in society, which means we're done, which means it's time to bring on Chip and Zay with a little Chip and Zay. Fellas, how we doing? What's going on? What up? Did y'all uh did y'all see the video we just showed before we brought y'all on? Yes, that was uh that was clever. Did you see the nude guy jump into the fish tank aquarium at the Bass Pro Shops? <laughs> well, I must have I must have turned away at that point. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I can show it real quick. Uh, of course you can. Boom. Cannonball. Then he gets back out, does a full dive into the aquarium. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh man. And BK showed the uh the non-blurred version of that video. That dude and the water was probably cold. I get it. That dude had a straight up mangina. <laughs> up against that glass. Are you sure it's not like a George Costanza shrinkage moment? That's what it is, but it shrunk so small it looked like a vagina. Oh, man. <laughs> it did look I hope you got ago. a lot of money yeah. to yeah. do that. I hope his buddies paid him a princely sum. I don't think so. I think he was just uh, twisted on moonshine or something because he crashed his car into the Bass Pro Shops before he ran into the store and started doing that. It looks like a product of the New Orleans homeless that we encountered when we were there last week. <laughs> Little do we think I've got. Jay was just getting a primer for his trip to San Francisco next weekend. Okay. Yeah. yeah. San Fran, great city, bad homeless. 
Mm. I still don't, don't think I got a great city, unfortunately. Used to be a great city. Now it's a shithole. Oh. I still don't think I got a full rendition of the story about Bucky being assaulted by some. No, us know. three, we were assaulted. Bucky's the reason why we were basically assaulted. Yeah. So what happened? Buck was given shirts to the homeless that we had left over doing a good deed. There was another dude walking with a hood on, very dangerous looking man. That's the angel of death. <laughs> yeah, that's what Trey keeps calling him. I'm not trying to stereotype here, but anybody would see this guy and run the other way. And the dude chased us probably a hundred yards to where we were staying, but we were in the car already or in the GMC Yukon already. Trey was driving, BK, Ryan Passenger, me and Buck in the back. And he banged on the back of the window and we peeled off. So you had arrived back at your place where you were staying? Yes. This, this was, was not on the drive, drive home. back to Austin. We were about to drive back to Austin and Bucky thought it would be a good idea to deliver a handful of uh, Texas Sports Unfiltered promo t-shirts to the tent city that was right next door. Gives them to one of the homeless people there. Well, another homeless person pops out seemingly out of nowhere, which is possible because it was the angel of death after all, and starts following Bucky. <laughs> Who's like shuffling his way back across the street to the Airbnb into the Yukon and uh, Bucky gets in and they start telling this story. And as they're telling the story, I'm looking through the rear view and I'm like, wow, that person kind of looks like somebody who's really scary that if they were behind Bucky, I'd be worried too. And that's turned out who it was. And they give a loud couple of bangs on our back window. And I'm like, I turn to the guys. I'm like, is there any reason for me to not just punch it right now? And everybody's like, go, please go, 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 go. Except and for that. He was like, I don't know. Maybe we should see what he's all about. <laughs> <laughs> that was the beginning of the drive home. Beginning of the yeah. drive home. And it was, it was a rough drive home too. That was a uh, forewarning. We were really lucky that the angel of death did not catch up to us in Baton Rouge because we were stuck on I-10 there for an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah, he looked like a crackhead version of Floyd Mayweather. It was crazy. Oh, he was yeah. he was small, but looked like a dangerous man. Yeah, he looked like he could dodge a punch for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We know y'all got a lot to get to. Chip, congrats on the break this morning. I'm sure that's what y'all are leading with. So we'll be locked in, boys. Have a good show. Appreciate you. Yeah, Appreciate you.